Enjoy the convenience of seven days a week banking and extended hours with Cube from First Arkansas Bank and Trust, member FDIC. Joined by Kevin McPherson, better known as Hoop Scoop, courtesy of Hogville.net. Kevin, if you can hang a minute, and we need to finish up with Woo Pig. Woo Pig, welcome back. Well, I appreciate you giving up your basketball time, and I'm charged about the Arkansas team. But uh, a couple things I just wanted to add. Number one, the Hogs and Bama, are are they beatable? I think so. Is Alabama beatable? Just well, about yeah. every team is yeah. beatable. At some point, sure. Yeah. yeah. Yep. you gotta you got to play almost the, perfect, but you can beat them, yes. Well, it's going to be a good game, and I think yeah. if we don't make any mistakes, it's going to help. If now, i got to go real quick through first. here. Now, now the Bears, the Bears won a game against Houston there in overtime, three-point field goal. I love it. And uh, what about uh, Christian McCaffrey? Is he one of the best darn uh, players? I mean, 200-yard games at his age? When he's healthy. Well, I'll tell you. Well, I'm just looking forward to all the good sports that are going to happen here and and would you tell me about the basketball team, Mr. Bohannon? Now, this is yeah, Mr. This McPherson. Is, yeah, that's right. They're both Kevins. Sorry about you. that. That's all right. Thank you, Wooping. Yep. All right, Kevin, what did you learn about this basketball team yesterday? Well, you know, we didn't get to see five-on-five five scrimmaging in the 30-minute window we got, which to me is always interesting because you see, you know, c- competitive, you know, b- you know, a competitive scenario uh, where guys are either producing or, you know, you, you can kind of take some things away from it. Uh, we really saw drill work. And, and and some of that, you know, there's some, like, defensive resistance with GAs and the walk-ons uh, wearing the boxing mitts. You know, they're, they're creating a minimal contact in some of these offensive drills. But you just, you know, everybody looks good in offensive drills, in other words. And so it's just hard to really have – serious takeaways other than we just got another look at a team that's really tall, long, athletic, and, you know, there's some special skill sets with some of these guys, and these are things we saw in the two open practices back in July, uh, and then we all got to see online if we got to watch them uh, play in Europe, we got to see some of it. So, you know, it's always good to get up there, though, Uh, but in terms of seeing them actually compete, you don't see, since we didn't get that in the portion we saw, uh, it's really hard to to know what individual players are stepping their games up that way. You know, even the shooting drills, Arkansas did not shoot well from three in Europe. They did not shoot well, have not shot well from what I'm told and have written about since they've been back in limited practice. When I looked at some of the drill work yesterday, I thought they shot pretty well, but I thought the same thing back in July when we had two open sessions. And then they went on the road in Europe and shot 26% from three. So, it's really hard to have a lot of takeaway guys, takeaways, guys. I'm not trying to be negative. It's just when you get 30 minutes and it's mostly drill work. Now, the drills are impressive, and the players are, are you know, Musman kept imploring them to be loud, to communicate. Um, you know, he wanted to hear them really raise the, the, the level of their voices and, and, and talk a lot more than they were, and they were already pretty engaged. So there's interesting things like that, and I think that's coaching players up to be accountable when they're on the floor, in some of the drills, you understand what they're trying to get accomplished with those drills. 
you know, and each player seemed to be really in tune to the attention to detail. And if they and if they weren't, Musselman stopped things momentarily and made sure they understood what was expected again. So we did see some of that. Uh, of course, you know, there were in, in some of these drills, there was a lot of above the rim finishes and dunks and lob passes and. You know, that stuff's great. It doesn't tell you a whole lot about the team other than the fact that there's a lot more athleticism and, again, length and some of these things that, you know, Arkansas or in past years maybe had one or two guys, maybe only one that brought some of those qualities. And, you know, they've got at least half the roster where you're really impressed with some of the things they can do, um, you know, just athletically. And so, um, you know, but we got to sit, we got to have a media interview with Musselman and he went through a lot of the different aspects and phases of the game and everything, his attention, he kind of steered everything back to the fact that it's a new team and a young team with six freshmen and even some of the newcomers that are veterans, uh, you know, like a Trevon Brazil, who's who only had a freshman season last year, he's still new. And even the more veteran guys that, that they brought in haven't played together. So when we asked him about offense or defense or three-point shooting or whatever it was, every, you know, his follow-up, pretty much touched a little bit on the specific thing we asked and then it would veer into the fact that there's always hurdles with younger teams and players and they kind of revisit things that normally at this portion of uh, of the you know getting into the season practice the full practices and they've had all summer normally by now they're not having to repeat so many things as, as they are this time around and so you know this is the roster he made he went out and got 11 newcomers and uh, the, the talent is undeniable. Uh, and again, those things show up in, in those, even in drill work. Uh, but I think just paying attention to Musselman talking in, in the press conference, um, there, you know, the hurdles are obviously he's still trying to get guys to jail um, and, and do what's asked. And, and it, you know, it, it's just a lot of repetition and, and kind of going back to the drawing board, the way he described it. Well, here's two questions for you, if you can remember both of them. Number one, what do you mean they're still having to remember things when this was the first official day of practice? That's pretty. That's pretty uh, amusing. That on the first day they're still not doing things right. That's that's amusing. I know they've had four-hour practices. The other thing is, out of all these freshmen, should we read any significance into the two that he really mentioned prominently yesterday? Were Black and Dunning. Uh, and, and, of course, Dunning's a four-star player of the year in Alabama, but not one you're hearing a lot about. What's the significance of his mentioning those two? Yeah, so a couple of things. That's, those are great questions. I, I think, Rick, because they had ten full practices and they had games, they got extra time that they normally wouldn't have had. And he puts a lot into those limited practices anyway. He's very detailed. They go through a lot. So if you think about every every offseason being the same in terms of, you only have four hours. His other teams, even though he made, remade half the roster, it sounds to me like they picked up on things sooner than this group is. So even though that sounds like an odd thing to say because they're just now starting full practice, this was actually a unique situation because they had 10 full practices that normally wouldn't have happened in the summer because of the European tour, and they had games, and they had game film to break down, you know, to look at against other teams that they would have had at that time of year in previous seasons. So I think I understand where, he, where he's coming from on that. Uh, you know, they had some advantages in terms of learning more about themselves than they normally would at that time of year because of the extra games and practice. And then on top of that, uh, the fact that there's 11 newcomers, I think it just he, – he, he's trying to balance 
where he thinks they should be versus have to constantly remind himself this brand new team, six freshmen. These are these are nuances that he hasn't really had before, and so I think he's trying to tell himself, Mouseman, you know, convince himself he's going to have to have some patience with these guys. Even talk about some of the assistant coaches and how patient they are, and it's a good thing because he's probably the one that, that likes it the most, uh, and so he has to check himself. The other question you asked is, a lot of times media members will ask about specific players, so that played into that a little bit. Uh, you had you had Anthony Black was asked about, Barry Dunning was that specifically asked about, um, and then when, when Mussman had an opportunity to talk about Jordan Walsh, he didn't spend as much time talking about him, but he did comment on him, um, and, and so that was really what that was about. Now, it was no secret that Dunning's been sort of the – I mean, he's really been the darling of the program in terms of younger players coming in. Um, you know, you have three five-stars, but he's been the guy that, you know, coming in early uh, to, to, you know, working on his shot, stays late. Uh, you know, some of the stories that emerged from Europe, him, him coming up with a scouting report that – uh, was actually a valid scouting report. It wasn't just some feeble attempt. He did a good job of that for the coaches. Just different things. He has immersed himself in the program. Musman talked about him being a great culture fit. And look, he was in the top eight rotation when you look at the minute disbursement and time on the court in Europe. That 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 kind of emerged as that tour, you know, went you know moved along. Only four games, but by game you know three and four, he he was you know playing as much. Uh, you know, he was in that top eight rotation, so he was actually getting more minutes than some of these veteran guys. They brought him to the pool, who you thought might have a bigger role even by, at that stage. So he's a guy that, you know, sounds like Musman's really pleased with him. And he even said, you know, we'll see what happens role-wise this year, but he's definitely a guy that, that's given himself a chance. And so I think that's great, by the way. Mr. Alabama in basketball two years in a row. Uh, ESPN had him in the top 75 coming in. No, he didn't have the accolades and McDonald's All-American selection and, and such that the other three five-stars did. But, you know, we've seen so many stories of guys that, you know, were kind of off the radar in, relative to who else is coming into a program. And then they start jumping off the page by, you know, being a good teammate, doing the things that the coaches want. Some of those things can't be quantified by star rankings. And so – uh, you know, I say kudos to Barry Dunning for being in a position where the head coach really likes him and is talking about him that much. Uh, let's talk with Ron, better known as Superfan. Ron, good afternoon. Welcome to Drive Time hey, Sports. Hey, Randy, Kev. Hey, um, you have a couple things. Uh, after re- I know it's early and everything, but just for fun, who would you have in your top eight? Uh, I know it's hard to throw that out, but... Uh, as close as you stay with it, you, I'm sure you got an idea. Who would you have in your top eight? And then I want to talk about Ron Hall and everything I'm hearing at, out of him as he is coming to Arkansas. Uh, all over the board, all over Trey Biddy's board. Last night, uh, some of the main posters there, they're, they're already saying it's a done deal. So that would be huge. And then they also said expect a number top three class next year, you know, this coming up here, I guess, uh, 2023 so kind of comment on the uh, top eight real quick yeah so i wrote this recently if if the season started today the way i've kind of pieced things together i feel like nick smith jr 
Anthony Black, Trevon Brazil, Ricky Council, um, and, and Devontae Davis would be the heavy minute getters. That doesn't mean that those five guys would all be starters. I just think when you look at their roles and the minutes they would they would play, uh, you know, average game to game, just based on how things are right now, if those would be your top minute getters. I think guys like Jordan Walsh would be in that 7-8 rotation. Guys, is the music going? It is. That is the music. Hang on, Kevin. Let's pick it up after the – okay. All right, let's do that. That is Kevin McPherson, better known as Hoop Scoop, courtesy of Hogville.net. Checking again with Kevin McPherson, better known as Hoop Scoop, courtesy of Hogville.net. All right, Kev, you were listing your top eight, and you basically got to Jordan Walsh, and I was kind of surprised you didn't have Jordan Walsh actually in your starting five. I didn't have a starting five. Oh, I had, top five. Uh, what I had was I, the, the five I think are going to play the biggest minutes, and I said gotcha. some of those, some might not even be in the technically starters. Um, and so, I, you know, I, I went with Nick Smith Jr., Anthony Black, Trevon Brazil. I think we're going to see those guys in the starting lineup. Ricky Council, Devo Davis, I'm not 100% sure that, that both of those guys would be in the starting lineup. Probably one would be. But I think when you take those five, those are those are the players are going to play the, the, the big. They're going to average the biggest minutes. So that would be based on what I've what where I'm at today with it. That could change. So out of the next group of players, I see a Jordan Walsh. So Jordan Walsh could be a starter, for example. Don't know that he'd average as many minutes per game. I don't believe he would, as I say it right now, as the five names I've mentioned before that. But I do think he's going to be in the top six or seven rotation. I think after that, when we go back and look at what Kamani Johnson did as really the guy at the five spot uh, that got heavy minutes in Europe based on his continued production and other guys just not really getting it done, we start talking about Jalen Graham and the Mitchell twins. I'm not convinced that the Jalen Graham and the Mitchell twins are out of the running, though. They've got time, and I think that, that maybe one of those guys could emerge as in, to, to, to push their way into – a top seven or eight rotation. I still believe Barry Dunning and Kamani Johnson are in the mix for that, and they certainly, those two, were in the rotation in Europe. So, you know, I still think there's, you know, after putting out all those names, I still think there's nine or ten guys um, that, that can work their way into the top eight as of now, and then that, that should get more clear as we move along. But, again, those, those first five names I mentioned, you know, I, whether they're truly the top five minute getters or not, I think all five of those guys will for sure be in the top eight rotation. And, I, and I'm at a point now where I think those will be your heavy minute getters with, with Jordan Walsh right there kind of in the mix with them. Speaking of Jordan Walsh, what, what are you seeing as the, I hate to use the word negatives, but what do you see that may be causing the limits, if you will, on his playing time? Well, I don't know if it's as much as a negative on him as it is positional needs and what other guys bring. I mean, Nick Smith Jr. is, in my opinion, when I look at everything he does, he's one, he's a generational kind of talent. I think Anthony Black is a unicorn because of his size and the way that he plays the, the lead guard. And he does so many other things, defends rebounds. So I think their value is such that you start there. A guy like Trevon Brazil at the four, so versatile. You've got to have size. You know, Arkansas – so much under Mussman's only had one guy with size on the floor. Everybody else kind of six, seven or below. And I see Brazil as a guy that proved himself near, but he's going to be on the court. I think Devo Davis is a proven veteran. He's been through the wars. He, he's helped Arkansas 
you know, they get to an Elite Eight the first time around because he hits a shot against Oral Roberts. Otherwise, Arkansas's bounced. So I think, you know, you start throwing out certain names. Ricky Council's been his third year of college, you know, and he and he, he showed over in Europe as well multiple things he does, can score a little bit, rebound the ball. So I think it's more about those guys and what they bring to the table than anything negative on Jordan. And I think because Jordan, when you start talking about a three, four, he brings a lot of versatility. So he certainly could be in the starting lineup. Uh, I don't have any doubts about that. We, we may see that. Um, and, and he's a guy that they talked about in the press conference yesterday that can shoot the three ball because this has not been a good three-point shooting team. Nick Smith Jr. was very efficient. Brazil's going to be good for Arkansas, I think, relative to his position and size at 6'10". Um, you know, councils maybe. But they mentioned Jordan Walsh as that other guy. And so I think there, there's definitely positives with him to put himself in the rotation. I'm just not sure, based on the way the roster structured, that he's in line, is my opinion right now. This could change. But now, that's sure he's in line with those other five names I mentioned in terms of relying on him game in, game out for heavier minutes. But he'll certainly have an important role. Let's talk with Chuck. Chuck, good afternoon. Welcome to Drive Time Sports. Oh, thank you, sir. I noticed in the picture today that uh, Nick Smith had a brace on his right knee. I was wondering if you heard anything about that or if there had been any injuries. Yeah. So, thank if, you, if you go back to the – thank you, thank you. And if you go back to the final game uh, in, in, in Italy, the, the fourth and final game of the Euro, European Tour in mid-August, he only played briefly into the second quarter and he, he – slipped on that floor was slick players were slipping and falling and he he kind of slipped and it it tweaked his knee a little bit they said it was a mild sprain i think they've been very cautious with him ever since that point i think the brace from what i'm hearing musman did not go on the record when asked about injuries yesterday and we had the media part by the way before we saw practice before anybody saw him in a knee brace so i thought that was pretty uh calculated and how they did the pressure because normally that we do those after practice so no one would ask about that i guess but when asked about in, in injuries in general and, and generically musman declined to, to comment and uh basically said he didn't think they had any issues and t- that would be problematic or you know uh, anything serious and so nick's knee everything i'm told it's just precautionary with that knee brace he probably won't be in it for very long there's not been any surgeries that I know of. There's been on. It's just it, there's not. You know, this is not thought to be a serious injury. But if you go back to the European tour, you, if you'll remember, he did. He basically played a quarter and a half and did not finish because of that slip. And they later disclosed that he had, you know, maybe sprained, mildly sprained his knee. Kevin, what do you? I mean, uh, I, I realize you talked about this kind of briefly at the beginning, but. Uh, from a shooting standpoint, uh, would that not make the value of a Joseph Pinion uh, be valued greatly if you're if you're having uh, overall difficulties, particularly shooting the three-point shot? Well, it could. I think the big thing is everything's going to start on the defensive end with with, a, with Mussman teams, regardless of what other problems they might be having in other phases, including shooting. Um, and, and that might be an area of uh, the lack of experience. Of course, there's other freshmen that have that lack of experience, but I think if you're, you know, if, if, if the defensive end is an area that you're going to have to start with, I'm not sure that Joseph right now 
is, is ready to hold it down on that end, um, you know, um, to, to be the value on the shooting part of it that they'd like because it's going to be both ends of the floor that they're looking at guys to bring value. And so we saw it last year, by the way, with Jackson Robinson. Uh, they hit some trouble spots, and they tried to put him in the lineup. Um, you know, I think he was efficient a couple of times, but there were other things that weren't uh, stacking up with what Melsman wants on the court, and so they, they went a different direction with Trey Wade. We know Arkansas was never really a good three-point shooter, shooting team, ranked in the 300s. Uh, Stanley Moody improved his shooting and really was Arkansas's best three-point shooter when you look at efficiency and volume in SEC play. Uh, but this year may play out very similarly, where Arkansas is not very good from three. Nothing I've seen suggests that they will be. When I'm looking at actual competition over overseas and then hearing that they weren't shooting well in practice when they got back with nobody guarding them. Uh, like I said yesterday, it looked a little better, but those are drills and no one's guarding them. Uh, but, but they may be another team that's got to get to the rim, got to get to the free throw line, and got to really grind it on defense. And then when games are close, find those winning plays like they do, they've done so well the last two years once they get past mid-January. All right, Kevin, we will talk with you next week. That is Kevin McPherson, Good to be with you Hoop Scoop, courtesy of hogville.net.